Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdly, on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio. We are flying through the week. It is Wednesday already. The 80th anniversary of Pearl Harbor was yesterday. We are headed toward Christmas. And we are headed there quick. If you'd like to be part of today's program, 800-848-WABC is how you do it, 800-848-WABC, numerically 800-848-9222. And so much in the news that is news, but I want to lead with a story today that's not news, but rather a fantasy wish of many, of some. And let me explain that I don't do fringe stuff much in terms of discussing public policy or following the news. The the black helicopter, tinfoil hat kind of stuff doesn't appeal to me. And there are many who probably think that calling for an Article 5 convention of the Constitution is just that fringe. I have had for years people pressing me when I was uh, one of the so-called gatekeepers uh, working with the Rush Limbaugh show, one of the people that people always trying to approach, hey, can you get Rush to do this? First of all, you couldn't get Rush to do anything. He didn't want to do, so that was out of the question. People didn't know that. He made up his own mind on what was on his show. But um, there were always people pressing, can you get in front of him the idea that we should have a constant, another constitutional convention, a convention of the states, of this, that, and the other, an Article 5 convention? And I was telling him the same thing. You know, make it, make, it, make it a grassroots movement. Make it newsworthy. And then ask me that question. Don't come to me looking to build your movement because you can't get public support from it. Don't try to use that show for this purpose. But there was an article today in The Hill. Now, The Hill is a left-wing, to be clear, left-leaning political publication, a go-to publication in Washington, D.C. There are three that most of the people in Congress will turn to, aside from the Washington Post and the... uh, New York Times for news of the day. One of them is The Hill. Politico was a biggie, and it still is somewhat. And Roll Call, which has been, in my view, not as effective as they have been in past years. So if you make a story in those and it's front page, then you're guaranteed that you're going to have legislators looking at it and people that follow politics for a living. So there's a story in the Hill today that conservatives are preparing for a new push at a constitutional convention. Conservative lawmakers will will mount a new push to call a constitutional convention amid or aimed at creating a balanced budget amendment, establishing term limits for members of Congress, and they want to, quote-unquote, reign in what they see as a runaway federal government. 
A lot of this is happening from state legislatures, state legislators meeting at the American Legislative Exchange Council's policy conference here last week, hope to use Article 5 of the Constitution, which allows state legislatures to call for a convention to propose new amendments to the Constitution. Convention of the States. It's really the last line of defense that we have. Right now, the federal government's run away. They're not going to pull back their own power. They're not going to restrict themselves. And so this Article 5 convention is really, in my opinion, the last option that we have, says Iowa State Representative John Wills. He's a Republican. He's the state's House Speaker pro temperate who who uh, backs the convention. Now, in order for this to happen, two-thirds of the states have to pass a call to force a convention. So far, 15 states have passed the model legislation proposed by the American Legislative Exchange Council, a conservative group that backs free markets and backs states' rights. Bills have passed in at least one legislative chamber in another nine states. So you put that together, and there's movement of some kind on this in 24 states. 17 other states have had bills introduced. The 15 states that have passed this call for a new constitutional convention well, a convention of the states are all controlled by Republicans. How would it work if this fantasy were to come true? According to The Hill, like many provisions in the Constitution, Article 5 leaves, leaves much open to interpretation. The description in the Constitution is 143 words. It describes a process that would be run by delegates who would meet, vote on potential amendments. When they get through voting on that, they'd be turned over to the states, and three-quarters of the states would have to ratify them. Congress could make rules for an Article 5 convention, but the convention can look at what Congress has said, here are the rules, and just throw them away. That's what happened in Philadelphia in 1787. The convention of the states does not would, would not have to follow Congress. Now, there have been those, including me, who worried, well, yeah, you open this door, goodness knows what's going to come out of such a thing. Supporters of Article 5 convention say they're not concerned about a runaway circus because in the end you have to go back and you have to get states to approve it, and so they would want to come up with a product apparently that wouldn't be so whacked out that the states wouldn't vote on it. When you start seeing articles appear like this, nothing is going to happen imminently, but something like this could catch fire. Could is the operative word there.
I'd love to get your thoughts whether you think we need to do that. Is America at the point where we are too far gone with the federal government that we cannot trust those who are elected to the federal government to do the right thing, and therefore state legislatures have to step in, make an amendment, and have it passed in the majority of states, for instance, demanding that the federal government live within a balanced budget? Other things, of course, could be addressed there, too. You could have all kind of amendments. You could put into stone the number of people that would be on the Supreme Court. Joe Biden's today, you remember that commission that the Democrats wanted to examine whether they should pack the courts? Well, they've issued their, they have issued their paper, I guess their white paper or whatever they're calling it. And basically they're throwing their hands up and saying, eh, we don't know. Some of our people want us to go and pack the courts with new Democrats. <laughs> Others don't. So it was just a churn and spin move that accomplished nothing. The report says nothing. That story is from today, AmericanWireNews.com. Biden's Supreme Court Commission completes final report. Here's what it decided about court packing. Measuring 288 pages, the report offers no position on whether the Biden administration Democrats should go ahead with their battle to add to the number of justices on the Supreme Court. In the executive summary of the report, It said there is profound, profound disagreement among those that were appointed to the commission. Uh, By the way, China has threatened us now. They're saying we're going to pay a price for uh, boycotting the China Olympics, diplomatic boycott. They accused Joe Biden's administration of violating the spirit of the Olympics They'll hold a diplomatic boycott of the Olympics 2022 games. Yeah, so now China's threatening us again. We're going to pay a price. Okay, boo-hoo, whoopee. We're already paying a price. It's called COVID. Um, great headline in Politico. Three months ago, as California Governor Gavin Newsom was turning around his fate in the uh State's real call election, many Democrats came to the conclusion that they'd struck political gold mandates to get the COVID-19 vaccine weren't just extremely valuable public health policy, but they were electorally powerful too. Now, today, moderates, frontline members of the Democrat Party are singing a different tune. Several high-profile Democrats have stated their opposition to vaccine mandates lately, including Gretchen Whitmer, the draconian tyrant that is running Michigan. She says that the state of Michigan is an employer, too. If a mandate happens, they're going to lose state employees. That's why she hasn't proposed a vaccine mandate. 
Thankfully, the mandate to New York that was put in place by outgoing, horrible mayor Bill de Blasio has been, for the time being, put off by the courts. Not going to happen. There's so much more. There's a story out of L.A. we have to get to. 34 unified students, unified L.A. unified school district, 34,000 of them have said no, no vaccine for us. We are not taking it. And now, second largest school district in the country, no one knows what's next. What are the educators going to do about it? What is the administration out there going to do about it? Because they have a vaccine mandate in place for students. 34,000 are saying, no way. This is James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley. Your telephone calls today. Lots of other news to discuss. 800-848-WABC's How You Get Through to Us. And we'll be right back after the break and continue. So don't go anywhere. Entertaining and informative. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, is on the air. 77 WABC. Oh, Christmas tree. Oh, Christmas tree. How lovely are that branches. Oh, Christmas tree. Oh, Christmas tree. How lovely are that branches. Even when they're going up in flames? Huh. Fox News Media CEO Suzanne Scott informed staffers on Wednesday that the Fox News Media's All-American Christmas Tree would be rebuilt as a message that there can be peace, light, and joy even during a dark moment. This tree is outside of Fox News headquarters, and it was set on fire. There's a suspect that was taken into custody, homeless person from what I understand, and I, it's just remarkable. Uh, yeah, Fox News, the tree in front of Fox News set on fire. The suspect, identified as Craig Tamanaha, climbing climbed up the 50-foot tree at the center of Fox Square just after midnight. Police came and they saw the suspect running away from the tree, thank goodness, no injuries in the fire. Red, white, and blue-themed tree, 50-foot high, decorated with 10,000 glass ornaments, 100,000 lights. It took workers 21 hours to assemble the decorations. And now they've got to do it all over again. Oh, Christmas tree, you're burning up. And that is what I guess we should expect from some people in our society who just cannot stand to let other people have their peace. As I mentioned before the break, there are 34,000 L.A. students 
L.A. Unified School District who have not gotten their first shot, let alone the second one to become fully vaccinated. Now, so far, L.A. Unified School District isn't backing down from their mandate. So we will have to see what happens. The last time in COVID when Los Angeles tried to run an independent study course online, there was staffing shortages, confusion, and that was only with 10,000 students enrolled. These 34,000 that refuse the mandate, this could be a big deal, a big quote-unquote equity issue. According to Sharon McKeemum, the founder of Let Them Choose, they're a San Diego County-based group spearheading litigation against student COVID vaccine mandates. Want to turn to Detroit. Here's what they're doing in Detroit. They're closing the schools down on Friday to help keep teacher retention rates up. Friday, on Wednesday, 17th, November, came an announcement. Detroit public schools would close their classrooms every Friday in December. There's only going to be virtual school. And so parents in Michigan who thought things were back to normal are now outraged, said to be furious that in December, here it is December, and they're having to try to track down babysitters or make arrangements, take off from work because the teachers don't want to work on Fridays. The teachers. By the way, the January 6th Kangaroo Commission that fraud of a commission, they're now trying to figure out how they're going to hold former chief of staff to President Trump, Mark Meadows, in criminal contempt. He tried to negotiate the terms of his cooperation with this panel. Those negotiations broke down, and now the Democrats, the partisan Democrats that are on that committee are trying to figure out how they can persecute Mark Meadows the same way they are persecuting Steve Bannon for not cooperating with this fraud, this fraud that's going on in the House of Representatives supposedly investigating the January 6th riot that took place in Washington, D.C. There are 12 American cities, ladies and gentlemen, 12 of them, major cities that have been hit all-time high homicide records. You hear that? all run by Democrats. The Democrat Party has become the party of smash, grab, and murder. Smash, grab, and murder. Over a dozen cities have already surpassed milestones for homicide. Philadelphia, with roughly 100 
with 1.5 million people has had more homicides this year, 521 as of December 6th, than the nation's two largest cities, New York and Los Angeles. That's a 13% increase from the year 2020. Chicago, Chicago, our third largest city. Get this, 739 homicides at the end of November. 739 homicides at the end of November. Up 3% from 2020, which itself was a bad year from Chicago. Philadelphia's homicide record was broken the same week that Columbus, Indianapolis, Louisville also broke homicide records. This is what the Democrats who run blue cities are doing, what they are doing to America. Smash grabs everywhere even though our very own Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez doubts the validity of reports about the smashing grabs. We've seen videos, we've seen pictures, but no, no, no. AOC says it's not happening, but they are happening. And we've got record homicide rates, record lawlessness in Democrat cities all over the country. Horrifying story today out of the Los Angeles Times. The police department and Torrance traded racist, homophobic texts. Hundreds of cases could now be jeopardized because of these texts. Here's the way that story starts. The caption read, hanging with the homies. The picture above that caption, hanging with the homies, showed several black men who had been lynched. Another photo asked what someone someone should do if their girlfriend was having an affair with a black man. The answer to that one, according to the caption, was break a taillight on his car so the police will stop him and shoot him. Someone else sent a picture of a candy cane, a Christmas tree, ornament, a star for the top of the tree, and a picture of an enslaved person, quote-unquote. The caption on that, quote, joke, which doesn't belong. One of the police officers responded, you don't hang the star. In other words, you are supposed to hang the enslaved person. Those comments are just a sliver of the racist text messages exchanged by more than a dozen current and former Torrance police officers and recruits to the police force. Also, police joked about gassing Jewish people. 
assaulting members of the LGBTQ community. They joked about using violence against suspects, lying during investigation into a police shooting. But frequently, hateful comments were targeted at black people. Officers called black men savages. And several several variations of the N-word. While no officers currently face criminal charges in direct relation to the text messages, the racist exchanges have led to the dismissal of at least 85 criminal cases involving the police officers who were implicated in the scandal. Prosecutors have tossed 35 felony cases as of mid-November. The Torrance City Attorney's Office has additional 50 cases dismissed. In total, the officers that wrote this kind of stuff were listed as potential witnesses in at least 1,400 cases. California, liberal California. And I have to tell you, the other day, we were talking about cultures that needed need changing. And I said it is evident that there need to be a lot of changes in the cultural failures that are showing up within black communities around the country, particularly when it involves criminality. But I also said there have to be reforms in some of these police departments, too. And... Those texts should show you why. I support law enforcement. I know the vast majority, probably 99.99999% in this audience supports law enforcement. We cannot tolerate this from police officers. We cannot tolerate this sort of thing in the judicial system. And every single officer involved with these racist texts, racist tweets, whatever they are, needs to have their day in court. And if found guilty of doing these, of committing these acts, they should be thrown off the force immediately. Your phone call is coming up. James Golden with you here. WABC Talk Radio 77. 800-848-WABC. You're welcome to talk about anything at all you want to. We're coming back. We're going to get started with some of your calls right after this. Bo knows politics and so much more. A true connection to real New York on 77 WABC. WABC Talk Radio 77 as we race into the Christmas season. Well, you know, I wish people well. Some of the folks that have been striking at Kellogg's may not have the kind of Christmas they want. Kellogg's, the cereal company, that's right, you know, Corn Flakes, Tony the Tiger and all of that. 
The Kellogg Company announced Tuesday a majority of its U.S. workers had voted against a five-year contract that the company uh, wanted offered up. And they're going to start hiring replacement workers for those employees who went on strike. That's great. Well, not if you're one of the people out on strike, eh? Uh, Let's head to the telephones. Rich, where do we start? Good afternoon, Rich. (laughs) Good afternoon, James. Let us start in Pennsylvania and say hi to Gary. Hi, Gary. Welcome. WABC Talk Radio 77. How are you? Hi, James. Good. Pleasure to talk to you. Pleasure to talk to you. Thank you. Um, I am for the Convention of States. Uh, I I think that uh, uh, it should be about fiscal responsibility and uh, term limits. I I don't think that uh, they're going to willingly give up the gravy train, if you know what I mean. And uh, it's true that uh, there's good and bad about term limits. You could lose a really good politician. Uh, But I think think the system was designed... uh, for people to go in like Bill the Dentist or Joe Farmer, serve a few terms, and then get out back to reality. I don't think that there should be 40-year politicians because they get too powerful and too much chance for corruption. I don't think there should be 40-year dentists. <laughs> they get, you know, they get too powerful, too much chance for corruption. I don't think there should be 40-year doctors. Yeah, I mean, too much chance for corruption. I don't think there should be 40-year teachers. You know, here's the thing, and I'm, of course, I'm being, you know, <laughs> I don't support term limits. I think we already have term limits. It's called election day. If you don't like the job that your politician is doing, then you can go and try to vote them out. And if enough people vote like you do, then they're voted out. They have their term limits. You know, I think that what has happened is we want somebody else to do the work for us. So we don't put together the political force to get rid of the bad people. Oh, well, let's just have somebody else do it for us. Let's have a convention of the states tell us that we should rob the House of Representatives or the Senate of any institutional knowledge by getting rid of everybody after terms. The only, so far, you know, this country has worked with the president being the only one that can be term limited out. And... I don't know. I, you know, I hear what you're saying, that there are so many incumbents there. Incumbents have the advantage. Incumbents gerrymander themselves in. But look at what just happened in Virginia. You had the, the, the big party machine down there. You had one of their big party hacks running in, in the, the personage of Terry McAuliffe. And you had this guy come out of nowhere and beat him. Look at what happened in New Jersey. The, one of the most powerful Democrats in that state got knocked off by a guy that didn't even put two or three grand in his campaign because people in that district said, oh, you've had enough. We're going to term limit you out. So I, I, I don't know. I just have a lot of misgivings about t- putting term limits for Congress people. And when you say, oh, we'll just lose a few good ones, we only have a few good ones. We can't afford to lose the few good ones that we have. And don't think that getting these politicians out would have an easier time for those of you that believe there's too much money in politics. What happens when you have open seats? There's going to be more money than ever pouring in to see who controls these seats, not less. 
Okay. Who's next, Rich? Where do we go? Let's head over to Trumbull, Connecticut, and say hi to Trisha. Trisha, welcome. WABC Talk Radio 77 with James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley. What's on your mind this afternoon? Well, James, I agree with your last caller, and I'm a longtime supporter of the Convention of States. Um, Mm -hmm. Mark Levin started this back in uh, at least 2015, and he has a book called The Liberty Amendments. But um, living in Connecticut, we see this firsthand. Our Constitution doesn't allow for any recall for... um, uh, impeachment or um, voter referendums. What we have is once every 20 years, a convention, a constitutional convention allowed, or an opportunity to vote to put that on the ballot. And then the scare tactics come out. The last time in 2008, the, the Planned Parenthood, the teachers unions, they all scared everybody. It's not scary, as you mentioned uh, earlier on this subject, if this convention of states happens, anything they vote on has to be approved back in the states by three quarters. So harebrained, wild, extreme things cannot pass it. And um, you're familiar with Acton's quote about power tending to corrupt. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Well, mm-hmm. I just found another one I like better. Authority that does not exist for liberty is not authority but force. And that's what we have from our Congress. We have these career politicians. They never get booted out of office. And people like Biden and and Dr. Fauci, they are corrupt and they're allowed to retain. Well, Dr. Dr. Fauci wasn't elected by anybody. He is a bureaucrat. And if there were a strong enough executive he could be fired immediately. Those in his position serve at the pleasure of the executive branch, I believe. Now, maybe he's part of a union. I don't think so. He's in the management of NIH. So I think he can be dismissed. Um, and, and I'll have to look into that just to be 100% sure. Look, I hear what you're saying. I think there are good arguments on both sides, but I'm going to stay with what I said. I don't... I don't know where I fall down, to be honest with you, on the Convention of States. I'm just letting people know that it has gone from beyond, oh, this is such a fringe idea, fringe idea. Today it was being reported on in the Hill. There are people who are actually working on it. It has 15 states so far that have approved it, the idea that we should go ahead. There's at least nine other states where it's being considered in one of the branches, whether it's the House or the Assembly and some in nine other states. And if it continues to gain traction, this could, in quotes, could become a real thing, which is why I wanted to get your thoughts on it. And I do appreciate your thoughts on it very much. And so, and I appreciated our first caller too, who said, look, I'm all for term, I'm all for term limits. I'm not, but I'm, I'm, hey, convince me. Somebody convince me. James Golden, WABC Talk Radio 77. We've got so many calls, we're going to get to as many as possible. I want to throw in one or two other stories before we get out of here. So don't you go away. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome to the golden age of radio. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, is on 77 WABC. It's Christmas. 
James Golden, WABC Talk Radio 77. Bring it on. Christmas season well underway here. Before we get back to the phones, this is from AmericanWireNews.com, AmericanWireNews.com. MSNBC political analyst declares emergency calls for federal takeover, federal takeover of elections in red states. Jason Johnson, a professor at Morgan State University, said the drastic measure is needed because this is an emergency. He was on with, you know, that angry woman of color. And um, that's on that that, uh, television station. And he says that the GOP red states are passing voting reform legislation so they can, quote, step in and, quote, throw out election results they don't like. And therefore, he wants the federal government, the DOJ, to come in and take over elections in Republican states. This is what passes, A, for a college professor today. This is what you get out of college professors, and this is what you get on shows on that station that used to be part of a legitimate news and journalism empire. Back to the phones. Where are we headed, Rich? We are headed over to Westchester to say hi to Harold. Hi, Harold. Welcome to WABC Talk Radio 77 with James Golden. Good afternoon. Hey, I wanted to thank you very much for the piece that you uh, had about the police department in California. Uh, all too often, we don't hear enough coming from conservative voices um, about calling out uh, that kind of racism that exists uh, within police departments and other institutions. And unfortunately, I think the conservatives, by not speaking out about it, have uh, given this issue over to the Democrats. And I'm, I'm very grateful to hear you talking about that. I am a trial lawyer. I do civil rights work. I consider myself conservative, and there's nothing that boils my blood more than to tolerate, see any of that kind of stuff happening. And uh, it, it, it corrupts the system in addition to the people who are involved in it. I want to thank you. Well, I want to thank you for your call, and you couldn't have stated better what it does to the system. Anybody that loves law enforcement, that supports law enforcement agencies, should be totally outraged by this behavior. Anybody that wants our American system of justice to be for all Americans what it should be, should be outraged by this kind of behavior in law enforcement. The people that are involved in this, and they are a small minority of our law enforcement community, should be tossed out on their asses as quickly as possible. They don't deserve to wear badges. They are a disgrace to themselves, and they disgrace the fine efforts of so many thousands of others in law enforcement, and they shouldn't be tolerated. Where are we going next, Rich? Next, we're going over to Drew in White Plains. Welcome, Drew. WABC Talk Radio 77 with James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly. 
Hey, how is it going? First off, I want to say as far as um, you said the Morgan State professor, Jason Johnson, correct? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say he's a very intelligent man. That is my alma mater. Morgan State University is a um, great university. You know, it, it, it was one of the first universities that was there to actually teach people who look like me and you. So I yeah, it's you a know, black it's a black university, but we don't just because it's an HB, you know, historically black commun- uh, college doesn't mean I'm going to give lunacy a pass. And saying that we need the DOJ coming in to take over elections is pure lunacy. Absolutely, because you're looking at a situation where the black vote took Trump out. Let's, 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 let's just take the gloves off. And he's crying about it. In Detroit, Pennsylvania, and Georgia, it was those cities, Atlanta, Philadelphia, and Detroit, that swayed those battleground states. And as far as places like Georgia, they're trying voter suppression efforts for that, and we're who, not just who, I'm sorry, I may misunderstand you, Drew. Who was trying to suppress the vote in Georgia? Um, the governor. He put in all of those things. Why is he taking drop boxes out of minority communities all of a sudden? Because the drop boxes are unregulated, and people are stuffing them, and there's no checks and balances on them. That's why. Well, can I ask you a question, Drew? Drew, can I ask you a question, Drew? Let me ask you a simple question. All right, and you answer this for me, okay? And I mean this. I'm not trying to, you know, be argumentative with you. I just really want your answer for it. Why is it? Okay, Drew. Why is it in black communities where Democrats own everything? They own the whole community. They own the process. They have the poll watchers there. They have the poll workers there. Mm -hmm. Republicans don't even go in these communities. How is it that Republicans, every election we hear, are suppressing the vote in these communities? The Republicans are nowhere near, and they're not suppressing any votes. We're talking about the efforts that they're putting forward now after the big losses that they took in 2020. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about prior elections, because I could go back to when Mayor Giuliani had off-duty cops standing around voting sites in Washington Heights questioning people about their immigration status and other foolish things to scare them off when he ran against Mayor David Dinkins. We could talk about that. Oh, let's talk about that. Let's talk about the way the Democrats, oh, please, you don't want to talk about New York and Democrats. New York has been corrupt for two centuries. (laughs) Come on now, you know that, Drew. New York, Drew. With a bunch of off-duty cops. Now, I have never heard that before, and if that happened, that is disgraceful. I've never heard that before. But let's face facts when we start talking about corruption in Democrat neighborhoods with Democrat votes, okay? The tricks that have been played since 1960, when in Chicago, Cook County, in the middle of the night, here come enough votes to get John Kennedy elected. The tricks that Democrats have used in elections have been long documented, and they're not the problems Look, Republicans are not suppressing anybody's vote here. That's just bull. And here's some more. The black vote is what helped get Trump, got Trump in office the first time. And Democrats wanted to make sure that it didn't happen the second time. Donald Trump got the support of 30% of young black males, men like yourself, Drew. How do you explain that? 
he got 20% of the support. 30. And the facts are 20. And the facts are, in these battleground states, overwhelmingly the black community voted against him. And that is why they want to put in all these reforms. Okay, Drew, we're out of time. But can, first of all, I love you and thank you for calling. I want you to call me again. Promise? All right. Got okay. And let's continue this dialogue between us. Thank you so much. And I'm sorry we couldn't get to everyone. We're here again tomorrow. So let's do more then. James Golden here. This is the jewel of American radio, WABC. We are in New York City, the greatest city in the world. We are New York, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Connecticut, and our beautiful New York in the greatest country humanity has ever witnessed, the United States of America. God bless and protect each and every one of you. Back tomorrow. Bye.